Well, that went as badly as it possibly could have gone, Jet fans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rich Sports Talk, your home for New York Jets coverage. We will be here live after every single Jets game. I asked you guys in the poll if you wanted me to go live after the games. And you overwhelmingly said you wanted me to give my live reaction, and oh boy, it's going to be a doozy today. I have so much to talk about this game, and don't let the final score of 24 to 9 fool you. This was an embarrassing, and I don't know what's more embarrassing about this loss. The fact that the Jets had an opportunity in this game and just seemingly every single time shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. And I'm going to get this out of the way first. I can't blame that defense. There's one player on that defense I'm going to eviscerate, and I will get to him in a second. But that defense, it was like last year, the first four games. They played unbelievable. If I was to tell you the Ravens are going to score 24 points, you would take that in a heartbeat. They played outstanding in this game. I love this defense. I think this defense showed you that if they had an offense in front of them, they could be a potential top 10 unit. This could be one of the funnest defensive lines in the NFL. The problem is when they're on the field for most of the game and when the offense can't move the football, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And let me start off. I'm actually going to have a little fun. We're going to have a little fun story time, I think, because I think there's going to be a little story that's going to be happening in Florham Park, and I will get to that in a little bit. So I'll go into my story time in a little bit, but let me get into the main rant of the situation. Don't worry. I see the Douglas and Salah comments. They are coming. But let me just say this for this coaching staff. Can someone explain to me, you have put such a priority in these running backs and in this offensive line. Did you know the Jets rushed the ball 16 times today total? 16 times. Here's a fun little thing. Michael Carter was averaging six yards per carry in this game. Here's another fun fact. The Jets as a team were averaging 4.9 yards a carry. That's pretty good against the number one run defense from last year. But instead, the Jets, in their wisdom, decided, ah, no, let's not stick with the run and go off of play action. Let's have Joe Flacco throw the ball 59 times. Not 30, not 40, not even 50. 59 times. And yes, is that number skewed slightly because, oh, yeah, it was garbage time and the Jets had to pass the ball late in the game. Yeah, I get it. But at that point, just give it to Michael Carter. I understand Brees Hall the fumble, but I'd rather see those guys getting carries and getting development than Joe Flacco. Before I get to Douglas and Salah, I do not want to see Joe Flacco again. Joe Flacco has had an unbelievable NFL career. I understand he's a great guy. I understand he could be a great mentor for Zach. I do not want to see him on a football field for the New York Jets again. Missing wide open passes. And look, was the offensive line today great? No. But you know what a lot of it was? Joe Flacco can't move. And Joe Flacco held on to the ball too long. And even when Joe Flacco has guys right in front of him on third down, can't complete it. I think Mike White is limited. I think he's got 
I don't think he's the best athlete. I think he's got a limited ceiling. But there's two things Mike White does in this offense better than Joe Flacco. It's being able to move and also get the ball out quickly. He's very accurate in the short game. He doesn't have the arm to push the ball down the field. But if I'm the Jets, I do not want to see Joe Flacco again. I don't care if he's inactive. I'd rather see Strevler as the backup quarterback in the next game. Start Mike White, see what you have, maybe see if, hey, Mike White can be your starting quarterback for the next three or four years. Or heck, who knows? Maybe he is your not your long-term answer, but at least he is a solution for the short term. You cannot be serious. Like, I, I'm sorry, but I am just absolutely furious about the usage today and it pisses me off because I liked this coaching staff. I liked Robert Sala. I liked Joe Douglas. And I still think that they have talent to be successful in this league. But I'm telling you this. I brought this question up on Friday in my preview. And it was funny because I did a poll asking, is the honeymoon over for Robert Sala and Zach Wilson? I should have extended that to Joe Douglas too. But a lot of Jet fans surprisingly said the honeymoon wasn't over. Give them time. Give them time. I wonder how that poll would be. And yes, I understand people are going to say, well, come on. It's only one game. It's only the home opener. There's still a long season. Zach isn't out there. I get all of that. I understand. And if you watch this channel, I think you can honestly say of most Jet fans, I am probably that everyone that does is the most patient Jet fan, the one that gives the most opportunity to players. And I am the person that says, I preach patience, I preach development, and I say, give them a chance. But let's get into story time. Because I have a feeling this is going to happen. And I want to paint you a fun picture here on YouTube, guys. I have a feeling that within the next 48 hours, maybe even 24, hell, maybe even tonight, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are going to be called into Woody Johnson's offense. And Woody Johnson's going to sit them down in front of him and basically tell them, you got to get your stuff together or this is not going to last long for you. Because Woody Johnson is not a patient pro owner. We have seen it time and time again. But Woody Johnson's also not an idiot. You cannot tell me Woody Johnson sitting in that press box today wasn't furious at the fact that, A, the Jets couldn't move the football in 2022. You can't tell me that Woody Johnson wasn't furious that his own fan base was booing his team in the third quarter. You cannot tell me that Woody Johnson was furious that the game was over in the third quarter. And you cannot tell me that Woody Johnson looks around the NFL right now. You cannot tell me he sits there and looks around the NFL going, I'm seeing the Falcons playing great. I'm seeing the Texans play great. And I think the Jets on paper have a better roster than those teams. And they look competitive. They look like they can win games. Jets looked clueless out there. The Jets looked ill-prepared out there. And I think Woody's going to sit them down and ask them a couple of very serious questions about this game. Like, number one, was Zach the right choice? Because Woody Johnson's probably watching that Bears game on a field where it looks like a slip and slide in Chicago on a team that basically has no weapons around him 
a horrendous offensive line and basically looks like they were purposely negligent in developing Justin Fields. Yet Justin Fields goes out there and despite getting the absolute snot being out of him, despite him look like he almost was going to get his head torn off by the San Francisco 49ers, a team who many people could see being one of the top teams in the NFC, he goes out there and beats them in a monsoon today. He's sitting there watching Marcus Mariota, who's been a reject quarterback, and hey, a quarterback that was on the free agent market, go up there and look competent in Atlanta. He's sitting there going, was Zach the right choice, Joe? And speaking to Joe, can you explain a couple of things to me, Joe? Because after today, I have some questions for you. Number one, what is going on with our special teams? Because Greg Zerline and Braden, man, if I had the choice, they'd be gone tonight. Not tomorrow, not Tuesday, tonight. The Jets made a mistake when they cut a capable punter in training camp. Look, Greg Zerline, I understand the veteran, and they went with him over Eddie Pinheiro. I understood that decision at the time. But the Jets still cannot find a kicker. The Jets have a punter that struggled to punt it 30 yards in a game. And it's a punter that they used a draft pick on. So you're wondering, Woody going to Joe saying, can you explain to me all this? Can you also explain to me, Joe, how we spent a bunch of money on tight ends? Tyler Conklin, hey, remember him? CJ Uzama, hey, remember him? Can you explain to me? Oh, and by the way, we used a third round pick on Ruckert. Can you explain to me, Joe, why Ruckert isn't playing? And can you explain to me why the tight ends weren't getting targets until the fourth quarter? And oh, by the way, why is Lawrence Cager getting more reps in the first half than the guys we spent all this money on? And Cager does the deadly penalty that moves the ball back and oh, leads to an interception because he falls down running a route. Joe, could you explain that one to me? Joe, could you also explain to me how Joyner is the starting safety on this team when he had the biggest, probably to me, the biggest difference maker in the game when this game was closed, had that stupid 32-yard penalty for no reason whatsoever, and then gets burnt later on for a touchdown. Oh, we could put in Jason Pinnock, who looks like, oh, wait a minute. Jason Pinnock's on the, it's on the Giants right now. Well, Parks played well for us last year. Maybe he could come in and, but, no, wait. Parks isn't here either. We could go to Ashton Davis or someone explain to me. Someone explain to me why. And also, while we're at it at the table, Robert, can you explain to me a couple of things? Garrett Wilson makes a great catch and a great play in the first half. Um, why aren't we giving him the ball? I mean, we only spend a top 10 pick on Garrett Wilson. It's like we forgot he existed. It's like we aren't trying to get the ball to Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. Can someone explain that to me? Like we have no, we have to give these plays to Lawrence Cager in the first half. Garrett Wilson, I think, played four snaps in the first half. They spent the 10th pick in the draft. Hey, if we were going to take him 10 and not play him, why didn't we, I don't know, draft an offensive lineman? Why didn't we draft someone that could protect our young quarterback? We didn't do that. We had to get Garrett Wilson, I think is an unbelievable player, but why is he not playing? 
I thought Corey Davis had a nice game on the offense, but outside of Corey Davis, and of course he had the big drop, but he was probably the best guy on the offense with Michael Carter, but then he also had a big drop. It just was mistake after mistake, and it was just the coaching didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Like it, when the Jets are out of it, play Mike White. See what you got him. And for Joe and Robert, this was the guy we had to trade a draft pick for to be our backup quarterback. This guy. This is the guy who you've been telling us for now over a year. Oh, Joe Flacco is a star car. And this is the thing for Robert Sala, who I do think is still, I like, I like Robert Sala, but take one from the Belichick book. I know you want to talk up the players and I know you're trying to put a positive spin on everything. And I know you're trying to uplift your players, but when you make comments like, Oh, Joe Flacco is a, one of the starting 32 quarterbacks in this league. After all the injury comments, that's a lot of egg on your face. And I do think this jet fan base would be patient with Robert Sala, but the biggest thing we wanted is competitive football. Like we're not even still, we want wins, but we're, we just want to be competitive. If the Jets had gone out there with their backup quarterback and lost by a touchdown, but it was a competitive game until the fourth quarter, most of you Jet fans I bet in this chat would be like, you know, it sucks we lost, but you know what? Sauce Gardner looked pretty good. They're already matching up against the best tight end in football. He was having a very good game. Jermaine Johnson showing flashes of pass rusher. We're seeing flashes from Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson. Like, we're seeing some flashes and that we have some playmakers. Like, we're seeing some positive aspects. But instead, this game was over. And let's be honest, like, it was over. But when we stopped, started the second half, did anyone in this chat or did any Jet fan have confidence that this offense was going to get going? I said it on my Twitter account at Rich Sports Talk. I said, put Mike White in there. This team needs a spark. They need something. And instead, it was just... And for Robert Salad too, the biggest thing I wanted to see from him as a head coach this year was, was he prepared? Does this Jet team look prepared? Do they look disciplined? And here's the thing. They didn't look either. Dumb penalties by Joyner. Dumb penalties. Dumb turnovers. Think about the first half. Davis drop, the Conklin fumble, the Joyner pass interference, Zerline the missed field goal, Joe Flacco interception, because the tight end who just made the roster fell down. We're not even playing the tight end who, I don't know, I thought was a good pick in the third round of the draft, but he's not playing. Also, can someone explain to me too why Bryce Huff wasn't on this roster today? I think he's one of the best pass rushers on this team. It's got to come out that he was her something because what what happened? Like, even the offensive line, like, people are going to kill the offensive line. Was the offensive line good? No. But the offensive line wasn't horrible because Flacco couldn't get rid of the football. Flacco couldn't be accurate at the football. Fant, I give him a pass for today because they've been messing around with him, jumping him to both sides of the line so much this camp. Let's see what he does in game two. I actually thought Max Mitchell played pretty well. 
all things considered. But the other thing, too, with Salah is if you're going to make a decision as a head coach, you better back it up. And one of the big things he did not do this entire camp was play the offensive line in training camp. He didn't play them together in the games. He barely played any of the starters. He played them for those couple of series in the final game against the Giants backups. They didn't get a chance to play. And look, I understand they weren't going to play Brown. I get that. But you you couldn't play McGovern a couple series. You couldn't play Elijah Vera Tucker a couple series. You couldn't play Lincoln Tomlinson a couple series. You couldn't play George Fan a couple series. No, you, you couldn't do that. And you just look. I understand. Like, I see more Jet Fan in there. The O-line was bad. I get the offensive line was bad. But... It wasn't that bad. The reason it was bad is because Flacco was indecisive, couldn't get the ball out on time, couldn't get the ball away, and also can't freaking move. He can't move. I mean, look around the league today. I know the Falcons lost, but they're supposed to be tanking. They looked really competitive. They looked really good. The Texans are in overtime as we're speaking right now with the ball against the Colts. They look really good. The Browns came back to beat the Panthers. Not come back, but they ended up holding off to beat the Panthers with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, that's I, I guess that's the one silver lining of today is at least the Jets have somewhat more of a shot now that the Browns, and I'll get into this in the preview later this week, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the preview, but... Let's put it this way. Uh, if the Browns had got lost and Baker Mayfield came back to beat them, no way the Jets were winning week two. They might have a snowball chance now because maybe the Browns are going to overlook the Jets. They won the first game. There's not as much pressure on them. But you cannot tell me that if that team was 0-1 with the offseason they had, with all the noise they had, with all the stuff about Deshaun Watson, with all this about trading Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield stuck it to them today. If Baker Mayfield stuck it to the end of the day and planted a Panther flag in the middle of that field today, you could not tell me that the Browns wouldn't be pissed off in coming at the Jets. And look, they still probably are going to come at the Jets, but at least the Jets have a snowball chance. And let's be honest, give me Mike White. Give me Mike White in the next game. Give me Stribler. Give me a chance to see a young kid that has something in front of him. Flacco's done. You want to keep Flacco around on this bench as an inactive quarterback and a quarterback coach? Fine. Do that. I do not want to see him anywhere near this offense anymore. I don't want to see this. Uh, I don't want to see this anymore. And everyone say the O-line was bad. The O-line was bad. The O-line wasn't bad run, run in the running game, but the Jets didn't want to run the football for whatever reason today. The offensive line, yes, it was rusty. I get it wasn't their best performance, but it doesn't help too when Flacco can't get the football out and when Flacco has the mobility of a tree. So I just look at it too, and it's it was frustrating because you were expecting to see innovation from LaFleur today. Didn't see that. The special teams was an abject disaster. Like I was saying, Braden Mann and Zerline should be cut. It should be that clip of Jamal Adams from a couple years ago when the key card didn't work to get him in the building. That's what it should be in Florham Park. Because I am sick and tired of this. And the Jets and Robert Sal have to prove to their fans and this team that they're not going to accept this anymore, that they're not going to accept mediocrity, that they're not going to accept failure anymore. I mean, they've given Braden Mann so many opportunities. 
They've given him so many opportunities. And the frustrating thing was just interacting with you guys on Twitter earlier. This was your thought in the first half. Man, if this offense could do anything with Zach, if Zach can just play decent with this offense, with the defense the way they can play, this team could maybe surprise some people. But the problem is that Zach isn't in this lineup right now. And on top of all that, the play calling was bad. It was just a bad day. And I've been a Douglas and Salah defender. I've really liked them, but I guarantee you, Woody Johnson is an owner that is not patient. It's very rare that we see history change. And history has shown us that Woody Johnson is not patient. And Woody Johnson also has a little, little extra that he can do and a good excuse for him. Well, guys, yeah, I, I was there when I oversaw Salah get hired, but really I let my brother make that decision because I had just gone back. But guess what? Joe Douglas, I didn't hire you. Robert Salah, I wasn't the main guy when we hired you. But my team's not going to miss the playoffs for the 12th year. And this is the one thing the Jets couldn't beat. The Jets this year, cannot, cannot be out of conversation or not playing competitive football again before we get to November. Because you can tell the energy and the passion of Jet fans in that building, how excited there was. And when this team is close and when this team is somewhat competing, this fan base is 100% behind them. But when you see this team just shooting themselves in the foot. Like the first half, the Jets had more yards than the Ravens. But the Jets couldn't get out of their own way. And what happens with those mistakes? Little mistakes, penalties, bad decision-making. comes down to coaching. And this is a coaching staff that, yeah, they had a grace period last year. Yes, they should probably get three years, but the way it has gone with this fan base, and I'm dying to see Salah's comments, because if Salah right now is in that press conference trying to paint sunshines and rainbows and everything's fine, we'll be okay, this is just a bump in the road, he's proud because the Jets fought with the Ravens. Are you kidding me? And now... Tell me which, which comment's worse from Salah. That he's hopeful Dwayne Brown will come back this season or he's proud the Jets fought with the Ravens. I thought Brown's only going to be out four weeks. If he's out for the whole year, Jesus. Um, I, I, I just... I just don't know what to say at some of these comments. Like, I'm just I'm just reading some of these salad comments. Like, and I know he's trying to be the eternal optimist. And look, I get it. And I'd rather have someone be optimistic than pessimistic. But you have to read the room. We weren't helping him, Sal said on Joe Flacco. Added there were times he didn't help himself. Said there were points where no one was helping each other. I think that's the understatement of the year. Proud the Jets fought with the Ravens on defense. Sure. They didn't fight on special teams. They didn't fight on the offense. 
Where was the fight on the offense? Where was the fight on the special teams? Where was the fight in the urgency when this team was down in the third quarter? Where was this urgency from the offense? Because they didn't hurry it up. All I kept seeing was three and out and not converting third downs. Jets are over the first day on third downs. Salah, here's the problem. Last year, fighting worked. Jet fans want to see results. And they're not even asking for great results. They just want to say, see good results. Because you know, as a Jet fan, what happens. If the Jets had played a good game through four quarters, heck, even if they lost to the Ravens and they lost by a touchdown, but the Jets fought with the backup quarterback, and that's when you can use the, well, we fought hard, we kept it close, we ended up losing a short game. Jets fans could probably accept that. And Jet fans could go into work on Monday, talk with their friends, and the biggest things their friends would say is, hey, you know, Jets didn't look too bad. You know, that Sauce Gardner kid looks pretty good. That Garrett Wilson kid's got a little something special, maybe. Instead, as Jet fans, this is what we're going to hear tomorrow. <laughs> Same old Jets, man. Your kicker can't kick. Your punter can't punt. Joe Flacco can't throw the football. The offense can't move the ball. Lamar Jackson roasted you in the third quarter. That's what we as Jet fans are going to hear for the next week. So don't as our head coach saying, we fought hard. That might have worked last year. But I am telling you, Robert Sala, who I still think has the talent to be a head coach, I think he's done a very good job developing young players. And it's clear guys enjoy playing for him. But here's the problem, Robert. Jet fans, and this is the amazing part. After Adam Gase, you probably have the longest runway of any Jet head coach coming in. But instead, you kept putting your foot in your mouth in training camp. The Makai Becton thing, okay, that's a mix-up. Okay, whatever. Saying Zach Wilson... Might be ready to go week one, then saying, ah, oh, no, it's not to week four. Well, was there a setback? Ah, no, there wasn't a setback. We were doing gamesmanship. So he's going to be out till week four. And he thought the best idea was to lie to the fan base about that. I don't think the Jet fan base, Robert, is going to do that. Michael Clemens, how about our run game? We have to commit to that. Yeah, Clemens, I started this whole thing off. The Jets rushed the ball 16 times today. They had 4.9 yards per carry. Michael Carter had six yards per carry. This game was still close. Like Even when you're down, you could still run the football. Joe Flacco threw the ball 57 times. Even great quarterbacks, Mahomes and Herbert, those teams don't want them throwing the ball 57 times. Joe Flacco threw the ball 57 times. The only 57 that should be in MetLife Stadium is either on a linebacker or on a Heinz ketchup bottle. It should not be on Joe Flacco's passing line. 57 attempts. 57 pass attempts with Joe Flacco. And yeah, I know a lot of them came in garbage time. And yeah, I know it's, 
it's whatever. And I know it, it like they had to throw the ball late, but you're worried about the Jets pass blocking. You know what they did great last year? You know what they do well? You know what's the strength of this offensive line? Run blocking. Oh, by the way, guys, here's a fun stat. I understand the Jets are probably passing a lot because, I don't know, the Ravens were the number one rush defense in the NFL last year. So you're telling me they're averaging about five yards per carry against the best run defense in the NFL last year. And they're not going to continue to run the football. I think Woody Johnson's going to bring that to me. So, Robert, um, we're almost running the ball five yards a carry. Why are we throwing it 57 times with Joe? Can you kind of hash that out for me? Because it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it doesn't also make a lot of sense that Garrett Wilson, who's your 10th overall pick, and I understand he's a rookie, you don't want to overexpose him, is barely getting any playing time. It doesn't make sense to me that you're playing a hybrid wide receiver tight end over the kid you picked in the third round. It doesn't make sense to me for this team and this offense that you spent all this money on tight ends in the free agency and you didn't target them until the fourth quarter. Make a decision. If you, you either want tight ends or you don't value tight ends. Don't pay for tight ends if you're not going to use them. Look, this is a big gut punch to the Jets. This is something, too. And the one thing, too, which shocks me is this whole Shanahan system is predicated on running the ball first. I've been saying the Jets in every game this year should be running the ball more than passing the football. I get it's 2022. I get the offenses are wide open. I get all the all the rules are generated for the pass game. I get that. But when you have a second-year quarterback, when you have two young running backs, and if you're going to draft the running back in the second round, use him. Because if you're not going to use him, why did you draft the running back in the second round? And I like Brees Hall a lot, and I think Brees Hall still, and I understand the fumble, I think he's a very talented player. But if you're not going to predicate the run game or utilize the run game, why are you drafting a running back instead of, I don't know, an offensive lineman? So I, I just know Sal is going to get eviscerated tomorrow for the for the fought comment. Salah, defense came out with a good plan. Juice, look, the defense was good. Like, I... Defense played great. Sauce showed flashes. Jermaine Johnson showed flashes. This defense played great. The reason they gave up points in the second half, it's like last year. They got tired because they were on the field so much. And also, it, they came to the realization the offense isn't going to do anything. The defense was really good today. That was about it. Special teams was terrible. Offense, anemic until the game was over. Look, the other thing, here's another reason why you run the football. If your defense is the strength of your team, the defense is the best unit on your team. You know what's the best thing to do for your defense? Keep them on the sideline. You know how you do that? With a good running game. 
You burn the clock. You run the football. Instead of doing two or three minute drives, you have eight or nine minute drives. Worst case scenario, you don't score, but guess what? Your defense, fresh, reloaded, ready to rock and roll. That's the strength of this team. And we see it. Three and out, or a drive that gets one first down, 20-yard punt. And think about it, The Jets scoring, most of the scoring came off of the offense's issues. Think about it. The pick led to the first field goal. That's what led to the first field goal. That first touchdown was because of that god-awful penalty by Joyner that was the 32-yard penalty. So you look at the Jets shooting themselves in the foot. They don't do those two things. Completely different ball game. And then in the, the last half, everything. It was just like the Jets couldn't get out of their own way. The Jets couldn't get out of their own way. And here's the other thing. The Jets' run defense was good too. The Jet run defense stopped Lamar Jackson. If I was to tell you, hey, the Jets are only going to allow 24 points. If I came to you today on Saturday or this morning before the game and I said, look, it's Jet defense, they're going to hold this, this team, a possible MVP candidate at quarterback, someone that's also pissed off and trying to prove a point, they're going to hold them to 24 points. I'd be like, great. Jets even had an interception off Lamar. You look at the rushing today. They held Lamar Jackson to 17 yards rushing. 17 yards rushing for Lamar. They were unbelievable, that defense today. Outside of Joyner. Joyner was Joyner with the dumb penalty. Joyner with the bad coverage. But you see that they have a lot of good pieces on this team. Even the offense, that was, I think, the most maddening part is you see Garrett Wilson with that unbelievable effort, and the Jets barely go back to him again. You know Elijah Moore's got potential. Why aren't we using these guys on jet sweeps, on wide receiver screens, on even running, like just getting them involved, like maybe even at least motion them to the backfield? Just using them somehow in this offense. You have playmakers. You have to figure out how to play them. And that was the other thing, too. Submission 72 brings it up. Max Mitchell, we all thought Max Mitchell was going to be the biggest problem on the Jets. I thought he actually played pretty damn well. And that's the weird thing. Like, Douglas, like, a lot of the draft picks played well today. But it's like the fringe signings and the decisions that they made in the final roster decisions came back to bite them. They decided to keep man. That came back to bite them. They kept Zerline. That came back to bite them. They didn't keep some of their young safeties who got picked up in waivers. Because now all of a sudden... This is the terrifying thing. Joyner did not play well. Well, who are you playing Joyner? The undrafted kid Adams, who I like, but I don't think is ready to be a starter, or Ashton Davis. Those are your options right now after Joyner. Not exactly, not exactly good. See, I disagree with Submissions 52. They should have kept pinning over Ashton Davis. Like, that's the thing, too, is I get that every GM has a bit of ego and they want the draft picks to work, but now. That move looks selfish by Joe Douglas. It was basically, I've got to keep a draft pick that I made and try to make it work. And do you look at the box score, 24-9, you're going to be like, oh, the Jets, it wasn't that bad. Uh, the Jets left a lot of points on the board, a lot of turnovers. Ugh, God. So 
I think there's going to be a major story. I've been going for 35 minutes. Let me get to your questions. I apologize. I've been just going on this rant. Let me actually get a quick swig of uh, of my energy drink just to uh, get some liquid in my mouth before I, you know, start sounding like Christian Bale in a Batman movie. Yeah. So, man, you guys are awesome in the chats. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And if you're joining us on Monday, you're joining us after the game. You weren't able to make the last stream. Bash that subscribe button. Bash that like button. Get us trending on YouTube in the Jets community. We want to get as much Jet fans involved in our community. Love your feedback. Love your comments. And I'll make sure to answer your questions if I don't get into this video in the next uh, video. If you're joining us later with the with the with the chats, Jesus, Jets can't. I'm so frustrated. The Jets can't even speak straight. Jesus. Um, just going to fire Jodine Sal, unfortunately, and get the number one pick. I still think it's a little too early for that. But I'm telling you, like, I've been the one saying there shouldn't be a hot seat. There shouldn't be a hot seat. But I'm telling you, the Jets, they put that coaching staff and that front office, they're already getting put on from that, from, uh, from the fan base. Because I'm telling you, the fan base, they're not going to like this. I mean... You just looked, and Panera, of course, hit the game-wing field goal for the Panthers. Um, and look, Flacco, 74.5% quarterback. I mean, let's let's be honest. That's pretty BS. With the, the only reason it's in the 70s is because of the garbage time touchdown and the you know garbage time late. Uh, Tyler Conklin, I know everyone's thinking same old shit, but it's not the same old shit. We've got a good team. Everybody could feel it. The defense played really well to the offense. We've got to be better. Well... I appreciate that, Conklin. I understand that you understand the history of this team. But, I mean, you can say you're a good team. I think on paper the Jets have talent. I think the Jets have some good pieces. But you know what? You got to prove it. This was an unbelievable opportunity, especially for this offense. Because you had this defense carrying you. The Jets' offense, they didn't need a good game. They needed a good half. They needed a good second half. That's what they needed. Keep their defense off the field. Score any points. Find the end zone when this game mattered. And the Jets players, yeah, I love the optimism. I love that you're trying to change the narrative. But you know where you change the narrative? It's not in the press conference. It's not in the meeting room. It's on the football field. Because unfortunately, that's where we judge you. Yeah, I believe you guys are putting in great work. I believe you got great team chemistry. I believe that you guys are working your butts off. But you know what? When Jet fans have been anticipating this for months, when basically all you keep hearing as a Jet fan for the last 12 years, wait till next year, wait for two years, wait for this process to go, we have to see development in this process. And you're excited to see these young players. And you saw flashes from Sauce. You saw flashes from Jermaine Johnson. That's exciting. You saw a great flash from Garrett Wilson. But then Jet fans go, wait a minute. Garrett Wilson just juked half the Ravens team. And our first response is, let's put him on the sideline. Does that make sense to you guys? Doesn't it me? If you are the Jets and you pick someone in the top 10, they better be out there for 60 to 70% of the snaps or something is seriously long. 
And look, I guess there's Corey Davis, and I get that there's Elijah Moore, but uh, I'm watching Drake London, and I know that Atlanta's tanking, but he's playing a lot of the snaps today. I'm seeing Dotson in Washington. He's playing a whole bunch of snaps today. I'm seeing around the league, everyone's playing rookies. And when your offensive coordinator makes the comment, because we as Jet fans, we do listen to every press conference. When the floor says, hey, Brees Tall and Garrett Wilson are further along than we expected as rookies. Jet fans are going to think of one of two things. Are you lying to us again? Because if they're further along, why aren't they playing more? Or why are you misleading us again? Because we as Jet fans, we understand that this team's not going to the playoffs this year. But we want to see the young kids. We want to see how good they are. But today was just infuriating. Because you knew this offense, like last year, everyone keeps saying that the narrative's changed and the narrative's changed. Well, guess what, fans? We saw this last year. And to our credit, I think Jet fans were incredibly patient. But then in week three and week four... And week five, when the offense can't get going, it becomes a story. When you look at this team, which has more talent on the offense than they did last year, and they still can't figure out how to move the football, and Jet fans are probably at home watching Red Zone because of this game, and they just happen to look and say, oh, Cleveland still looks pretty good. Oh, then we have to go to the Bengals who, you know, went toe-to-toe with the Steelers. And then the Steelers defense who, oh, yeah, by the way, they just intercepted Joe Burrow who was in the AFC Championship game last year four times today and had multiple turnovers. That's who the Jets have to play the next three weeks. And I didn't think the Ravens defense played that well today. I really don't. So problem is, Jets staff, you have to figure this out pretty quick because... The grace period, and I do think Jet fans, people are going to say, oh, the Jet fans haven't given this coaching staff a grace period. Got to give them two or three years. I, I understand that, but we want to see progress. And we're not seeing that. And we're, and I understand that this is the jaded fan base. I get that and that narrative. But this fan base, too, the way that the coaching staff has verbalized communication with us has not been successful. Either don't say anything or get a lot better because Jet fans, we're sick of the nonsense. We're sick of it. We don't want to hear it anymore. We don't want to sit through this anymore. We don't want to be embarrassed by this anymore. We don't want to go out in public in jet gear. And have people snicker and have people laugh and say, oh, you're a Chet fan. They're freaking lost. Like, look, I'm just being honest. Like this, you have to show progress. This was not progress. And it wasn't even, you didn't have to get the win today. Make it a one possession game. Make this a football game. The Jet fan, midway through the second quarter, probably even before the midway through the second quarter, knew this offense wasn't moving the football today. You knew they weren't going to move the football. You knew how the story was going to unfold, and there were some gut punches in there with the bad special teams playing, with the bad penalties. But you knew the story from last year. It went the same way the first couple weeks. Defense comes out, looks great, makes plays. 
frustratingly close to generating a turnover and they can't pick up the fumble on the ground, but still keeping this team in the game, keeping this offense in the game. In this offense, it's tantalizing the offense. Just get one successful touchdown drive. Can't do it. And finally, the defense just breaks because they're on the field so long and just because of everything going on. What was our halftime adjustment? Play dead from Spinmax Dave. Uh, we throw the ball 57 times to Joe Flacco, which I, I I don't understand. I mean, you don't even want Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball 57 times. I mean, we're going to have Joe Flacco, and I understand we're behind, but Joe Flacco is going to throw the ball 57 times in a game. And Robert Sal, I guarantee you, you're going to be at a headline tomorrow in the New York Post when those comments in the post game today saying that you we, we fought with the Ravens. Jets fans don't want fight anymore. That's the minimum. The minimum now for Jets fans is to compete every game. And I know that the score might not feel like a blowout, but let's be honest, this game was close to more to 24 to nothing than 24 to nine. They scored a garbage time touchdown. This wasn't a game. This was basically, let's put it this way. When your team scores the first touchdown and 90% of your fans have already left for the day, does it really matter? Jet fans are leaving in the third quarter today. And like I said in the little story time I did about Woody Johnson today, you don't think that's going to come up to Robert Sal and Joe Douglas? You don't think he's going to say to them or basically hint, guys, I am sick and freaking tired of having Jet fans leave the stadium before the game is over, before the fourth quarter. This is unacceptable. And yeah, it was a blowout. This was a blowout. And the garbage stats, does it cover it up? Yeah. Does it make it a little bit? Yeah. You know, the defense... I can't give this defense any gripes outside of uh, Joyner. I thought Joyner had the dumb penalty game, but I have to give a, I have to give a credit to this defense. This defense showed up. This defense balled out. This defense played good. And I think this defense, if they had any offense, which is the first, that's the frustrating part. If the Jets had any offense, you're like, damn, this defense could be a great unit. But we, we might not ever get to see that because this offense has to do something. And, look, I get that this team's holding out for Zach Wilson. But they cannot use these three games not having Zach as an excuse. This team needs to find a way to at least have a win before Pittsburgh. Because if they don't, I can guarantee you what's going to happen. That Pittsburgh defense, even with T.J. Watt getting injured, they're pretty darn good. You don't think that's going to be a lot of pressure on Zach to try to carry an 0-3 football team against Pittsburgh, and if they lose in Pittsburgh and are 0-4, you don't think Jet fans, if that's the scenario, they've already started looking at draft boards. They're already starting to look ahead. They're trying to figure out who could be the hotshot candidate for head coach next year. That's what's going to happen. You cannot do that. Putting it on flag in the online pack, Putting the ball with a fourth draft pick. Uh, Ridiculously, some fans blame Mitchell McGovern. Look, McGovern did not have a good game. Uh, 
I don't. I, the offensive line was not good. I'm not trying to beat around that. I they weren't good, but I think Flacco's decision making and his lack of mobility compounded the problem. I do think that was a big problem. Uh, so what do we start talking about the draft week three? I'm God, wait till Wilson gets back. Um, but look, this is just. It's embarrassing. And th- th- this is the thing, too. Like, I am one of the most patient people you will have around this Jet team. Like, I believe, like, I came in this season thinking Douglas and Sal need a full year, but it, this could get ugly. And look, someone in the PR system, I, someone in Jets land has to talk to Salah because when you try to spin that you fought in this game, that's not going to go over well in New York with this media and with this fan base. It's just not. Because Jet fans have heard this story for years. Oh, we fought today. Now we were close today. Well, guess what? It's a results-based business. And res- you know what? You fought hard. If the Jets, this came down to the final possession, the Jets couldn't get done today. Jet fans, you're like, all right, yeah, we fought hard. It was better than we thought. We competed. If it came down to Justin Tucker with a game-winning field goal, Lamar drives in range, sucks. But you know what? Fought well. Played a good playoff team hard today. That's when you can take a moral victory. You don't take moral victories when it's 24 to 9. You don't take moral victories when this was still a game. You couldn't move the football. You don't take moral victories when your punter can't punt in more than 30 yards. You can't take moral victories when you are doing stupid penalties. Your team is dropping the football and putting it on the turf left and right. You cannot do that. And you can't You can't do that. And look, I understand this roster has holes, but a lot of these last roster decisions, which were head scratchers, I said, they better work. And after one game, you're already going, we got rid of Parks and Pinnock, and our safety looks like a mess. We have Lawrence Cager, who's a nice story, but we're not playing him over Jeremy Ruckert, like our third-round draft pick. Could someone explain that to me? Like, that just doesn't make sense. And... Look, this offense last year, I get this coaching staff isn't fully sold on Mike White. I get it. I understand that they feel his limitations. But let's be honest, the Jets' offense, the best it was last year was when Mike White was running this offense. And Mike White is a more accurate quarterback at this point, and he's not a great athlete, but you know what he is? He at least has some mobility in the pocket to get out of harm's way, unlike Joe Flacco. And at this point, play the young kid. Play White play Streveler. This offense needs a spark. This offense was dead with Joe Flacco today. This offense was absolutely dead today. Uh, let's see. You can't tell me there's a script the Jets every season. Sign camp, terrible September, injury second year, quarterback Davis off to a good start. Look, that's the other thing too. Jet fans, you, everyone's seen the stat. The Jets haven't won a game in September in years. And it just feels like that's not going to happen again. And it and it just, it's just frustration and anger because you want this football team to be good. And for anyone that rags on Jet fans, 
I would say you are completely misled. Like Jet fans are one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Like the fact that they stick with this team through some of the stuff that goes on, this fan base is loyal, they're passionate, they're hungry, and they're smart. But you know what doesn't help is when the organization cannot get out of their own way. And today, unfortunately, was a metaphor for what it's felt like for this Jet franchise. What has been the biggest thing? The same old Jets. Jets can't get out of their own way. What happened on the field today? With the joiner mistakes, with the fumbles, with the coaching decisions. That was the most frustrating part of this game. Wasn't that it just was a bad performance, but it just felt like the Jets couldn't get out of their way early. They couldn't get out of their way, and they had an opportunity to take this game. They had an opportunity in the second quarter. They had an opportunity coming out of that tunnel in the second half. They had an opportunity right there. Despite shooting themselves in the foot, despite playing terribly, they still managed to have more yards than the Baltimore Ravens did in the first half. It was right there for the taking. And you know what would have erased that bad first half? A good second half. One of the biggest talking points I said about last year was this team had good halves and really bad halves. They needed consistency. They needed to play a full game. We didn't even need the Jets offense today to play a good game. Hell, they could have probably even gotten away with a good quarter. They had two touchdown series. Might have been enough to win the game today. They couldn't even manage to do that. And I get it. Well, it's with the backup quarterback. It's with the, it's not with the starting quarterback. I get it. It's without their starting left tackle. Yeah, it's a bummer. But you know what? Ravens are down to their third tackle too. You know what else? If you, this is also on Robert Salah and Joe Douglas, and it's not a good look. Because all we keep hearing for the last year and a half, Joe is so good in this room. Joe is such a good mentor. And look, as a mentor, I think Joe's brilliant. But as a backup quarterback, if they need to win football games, let's be honest. He hasn't been really a starting caliber quarterback in years. And it doesn't look good on Robert Sal when he made those comments in camp, and I was right on them when he said, you know, Flacco, the way he's been playing, he looks like he could be one of the starting 32 quarterbacks in the league. And I'm thinking to myself, is that if that's the case in a league that's desperate for good quarterback play, why did no one else want him? And we see why. And I love Flacco. Flacco's had an unbelievable NFL career. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been a great player for a long time. And when the chapters close on his career, not a Hall of Fame career, but you know what? For most quarterbacks, it's a storybook career. But for the Jets, they need to move on to Mike Way, Chris Traveler, give these kids an opportunity, give some spark to his offense, give this offense kicking the pants and send a message to this team that you're not going to accept mediocrity, that you're not going to accept the same old, that you're going to do whatever it takes to win. Because I know this locker room loves Joe. I know Joe's well-respected, but you cannot tell me that the, that Joe Flacco could start in the NFL today. You watched that game and you were like me. Joe's done. 
I love Joe, but Joe's done. And this goes back to my Woody Johnson conversation that I was painting for you earlier when I was talking about that. I guarantee they're going to have a meeting in Florham Park about this. And Woody Johnson, I guarantee you, is going to look at both of them and say, so we had an opportunity this offseason to maybe sign a Tyrod Taylor. I know Marcus Mariota wanted to start, so that probably went a hard sell. But there was a couple of guys out there. Maybe convince Ryan Fitzpatrick not to retire. There was a couple veteran backups that you're like, okay, they have start a game or two. Could be pretty decent. I was hoping that the Jets would even maybe kick the tires on Mitch Trubisky as a backup quarterback, who's someone that, look, could maybe provide spark, maybe has a little bit in him. And look, Jimmy Garoppolo was not happening with that contract. I think the Jets maybe would have been interested if he got cut. But the fact that the Jets kept selling to this fan base and selling to us, hey, we're fine if Zach gets hurt because we have Joe. Every Jet fan was like, that doesn't sound right. And unfortunately, today, it proved to be right. Flacco came, shine coming in halfway through the game and hold the lead. That dude cannot go a full game like this anymore. We're not going to accept losing. I'm fucking sick of it. Like, I get it. I, I, I get it. And I apologize for the swearing. But look, that's the thing with these young kids, too. And this is one of the reasons I wanted actually Strebler more than I wanted Mike White to be the backup because... Straveler showed a great athleticism. I thought he showed the ability to make plays with his legs. And really, that adds a new dynamic to this offense. Because you can add option plays. You can do quarterback keepers. You can be a lot more flexible with this offense and be a little bit, a lot more creative. With Flacco, you're limited. You're very limited on what you're able to do. And I just remember saying, like, I just don't see it. And I guarantee you that... Woody Johnson is furious tonight because it's the same old Jets talk. It's fans leaving early. It's his own team getting booed off the field. It's as ugly as it possibly can be. And I guarantee you he's going to Robert Sal and Joe Douglas in the next couple of days and asking, this is it. Like the safeties, this is what we went with. Like this is the backup quarterback we went with. Because I guarantee you that now the Jets also are going to put a lot more pressure on Zach. Because especially if this team is 0-3 when he comes back, and if they don't hit the ground running with Zach, it could get really ugly. And look, I think it's still too early to fire Joe and Robert, but I will say this. The grace period for both of them is over. And I like both of them. I think Joe Douglas has done a good job in the last two drafts. And Robert Salad does a good job of developing young players. But it's a results-based business. If the Jets go winless again in September, if this team is talking about the NFL draft in October again, that will not be acceptable. It cannot be acceptable. And the Jets need to show growth and development. That defense was great today, but you know what didn't show growth? The offense, the play calling, where we thought that we saw some great play calling last year. It wasn't good today. We thought we'd see growth in the special teams by getting a veteran kicker. And Braden Mann, like, 
Oh, Brayden was just injured last year. That's why he was not punting well. Well, he's back. Fully healthy. Looked terrible punting today. Greg Zerline. Another whiff in the special teams. So you also wonder, too, if Woody is thinking, Jimmy Garoppolo we could have maybe traded for and maybe could use him to win some games this year to at least keep this fan base engaged. Nebraska fired their coach after two games. Why not fire? It's way too early for that. Like you need to give them a full year. And the other reason too, is you got to give them a full year for the next coaching candidate and GM candidate. It looks better optically that they're not going to fire you mid season, but look, I'm telling you the, the patience is over this jet fan, fan base. And I, I can understand why just because you look at how this game went. You look at how this season has played out. And look, this team was, we've been so hoped for seven months. Things would be better. This team would be better. And in some areas, yeah, they are better. The defense looked great, but we had all these pieces on offense. But we had the new tight ends. But we didn't really put him in the game or involve them in the offense. We, we got Garrett Wilson with the 10th pick. He only played like three snaps in the first half. So I get the frustration, Jet fans. I, I completely get. Again, you have questions, comments, your thoughts. Put them in the chat. If I couldn't get to you, I apologize uh, during the live stream. I'll answer the question in the next video, but... We will definitely be back later this week with more Jets content. Make sure you follow and subscribe us for more Jets content. We'll be breaking down every game at the end. And look, I'm going to be honest. It's a gut punch. No, it, it, I, it just, it was rough. This was a rough game. And this was one of those openers where we came in optimistically. If a couple of things, even if, the Jets didn't even have to win this opener. They just had to play well and play competitive and show growth. But instead, we're back to having these old conversations, guys, where it's like, do they have the right roster? What's with the play calling? What's with the coaching? I'm, I'm Nick, I'm sorry for cursing because I cursed. Um, how's it possible they had no game plan for the tight ends? Like, again, Joe, I agree. That's the frustrating part. You spend a top 10 pick on Garrett Wilson. You only target him three times in the first half. If you're only going to target him three times, then what was the point of drafting Garrett Wilson with the 10th pick? What's the point? If you're not going to use the tight ends, then why are we investing millions of dollars in the tight ends instead of putting it in offensive line or other defensive players or investing in a higher-end backup if you're not going to use the tight ends? Someone explain that to me. Uh... Cannot blame coaching for execution of the O-line. How can you not blame the coaching for the offensive line? It's in the game plan. And look, the Jets' offensive line was not good. I didn't think they were that bad. There's a difference. I don't think they were good. I didn't think that they were that bad. The Jets' offense was averaging almost five yards a carry on the ground. They weren't that bad. Bad would be they were getting two yards rushing. Bad would be Flacco was getting sacked every minute. You know what? why Flacco was getting sacked? It's because he was holding on the ball too long and wasn't getting rid of the football. And because 
The Ravens defense knows he has no mobility. He isn't going anywhere. They could just crush the pocket. It makes it a lot harder for an offensive line to block for someone with absolutely zero mobility. Because the defense can cheat. The defense knows where he's going to be. They know he's going to be in that pocket. So they know he's not rolling out. <clears throat> they know he's not going to take off. Um, I'm surprised how important the offensive lines play. Fant and Thompson were bad. Uh, well, this... And this goes back to New York Jets, Florida. And thank you for joining us, New York Jets, Florida. Appreciate that. Part of this is why it's another reason why it's on coaching is one of my concerns in the preseason. And I understand the whole preseason. You're damned if you do, damned if you're playing, guys. One of my biggest gripes was that this offensive line, even parts of it didn't play together in the preseason, except for that giant game for a couple series. Because they have so many new pieces. You have Elijah Vera Tucker moving to a new position. You have George Fant basically being a freaking yo-yo between the left and right tackles. Which again, this isn't Madden. It is actually difficult to go between the two tackle positions. It is very different, guys. You have Lincoln Tomlinson, who's a pro bowler, but has never played with this unit. And you have Max Mitchell, who's a rookie who did get a lot of playing time in the preseason. I thought actually did pretty decent today. But the thing that no one talks about with offensive line is it's cohesion, it's chemistry. The offensive line is the most unique position in sports because you need to rely on each other. You need to be able to communicate without saying anything with each other. You have to understand your strengths and weaknesses. It's not only about brute strength. But it's about choreography. It's about where your steps have to be. What areas are you patrolling? Which which defensive lineman are you picking up? If they stun a blitz, if they throw a different blitz package at you, who are you picking up? Who are they picking up? There's so much that goes into it. You, It's so hard. And one of the reasons offensive line play has been so bad is because they barely practice anymore. It's it, it takes away from that cohesion. And the lack of them playing in the preseason – I think it's had a big impact. And this was one of the things I was worried about was you got such a new offensive line, so many new positions. How's it going to look week one? And this was the worst case scenario. So I'm not going to blame the guys on the offensive line. If anything, I'm going to blame the coaching staff for not playing them more together. Uh, it's max day. Defense came to play. They should be pissed. The rest of the team. Absolutely. Um, in, inside kick. I think you mean onside kick. Um, I mean, look, like I'm just going through the press conference in the game after the game right now. That's the frustrating thing, too, is this game was winnable. And you have to wonder why. And this is why I think Woody's going to have a meeting because he's going to be like, do you guys talk to each other? Because Joe Braun, two tight ends and a wide receiver which we assumed you wanted and you didn't barely use them in a game today. Like you have to, it doesn't make sense. That's what, this is just a compounded issue because this was a winnable game where the Jets couldn't get out of their own way. They couldn't lose the football. The one unit that was playing well crumbled because the other units were not picking up the slack. Ends up being a blowout. Jets get some garbage time. And then at the end of the game, you have to fear about, well, you know, we fought. God damn, I hope you fought. Like, that's the whole point of football. You go out there to fight on the field every game. 
let's put it this way. If you're not fighting on the field, then guess what? You're not going to be in the NFL for long. Because there are a bunch of other guys that don't make the 53-man roster. We see it every year. There's 90 guys that go into every training camp, but only 53 make it. If you're if you don't show fight on that field, guess what? There are about 20, 25 guys that would love to take that spot from you. So I'm sick and tired of the moral victories. I'm not even asking for victories. I'm asking for competitive football. Like, what other fan base in the NFL right now is saying, we just want to have competitive football in the fourth quarter? Maybe Jacksonville, but guess what? They're playing competitive football in the fourth quarter. Houston was playing very well today. And then you look at Chicago. Chicago, like teams that we thought, Atlanta, Chicago, we haven't seen Seattle yet, but those are maybe even Houston. Those are three teams you can make the argument. You know what? They're tanking this year. You know what team looked like they were tanking this year? And they're not trying to. New York Jets, if I had to do a blind test today, like watch all these NFL games. What team looks like the worst team in the NFL game? Which team looks like they're not trying to win football games? Oh, you know, it's the New York Jets. And the, and the sad part is they're actually trying to win games. Uh, all this offensive talent and we look lost. You can see how frustrating this can be for Jets fans. Like, Joe, I'm a Jet fan. I'm there with you. Like, Garrett Wilson makes an unbelievable play and you take him right off the field. You see the athleticism he has. He's different. Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson look like difference makers the Jets have not had in a long time. So let's not put them on the field and get the ball to them. Let's spend a bunch of money on tight ends and free agency. And instead of, I don't know, targeting them when the game was still on the line, we're going to keep targeting our tight end that just made the team that was a wide receiver that's converted to a tight end, that's somehow playing over the third-round pick that's higher than him on the depth chart. Does any of this make sense to you guys? I mean, Bryce Huff not playing, that that it, like it just doesn't make sense. Joe, if the Jets get the number one pick, you know they're taking a quarterback. The Jets, if the Jets get the number one pick, that's, then it was a disaster of the year. Everyone's gone. Mets scored as much as the Jets today. Mets have more potent offense. <laughs> Cager had more looks than tight ends, I think. He did, Joe. He did. That's what I'm saying. That's the terrifying part. That's what was the terrifying part of all this, is he got more targets than the tight end initially. Now, it gets skewed because Conklin ended up with four catches and seven targets but that was all like garbage time late in the third quarter. When it's like, oh, wait a minute. We have Ty Conklin. And here's the other thing, too. In the red zone, the first drive, like, I know Michael Carter had the drop for the touchdown. But you're not designing a play for your big tight ends in the middle of the field. Like, that's that's why you brought these tight ends in was to be weapons in the red zone. And you're not using them in the red zone. Uh, hmm. It's a bit of a head scratcher. Um, the OC looks overmatched. I don't think it's overmatched, but LaFleur, like that was the frustrating part. It's like, I saw a lot of development from LaFleur last year. And then today it's like, 
where was the creativity? Like when the Jets offense was anemic last year, they were creative. They did trick plays. They did crazy formations. Like they were, they were fun. They were at least watchable. Today was not watchable. Today was, today was just gouge your eyes out watching that. It was bad. And the sad part was it was a winnable game. The Jets defense gave them a chance. And the offense and special teams were not bad. They were embarrassing. They were embarrassing. And I'm saying this right now. Mike White needs to be your quarterback. If I'd rather see this team trade for Jimmy Garoppolo or go out and trade for another veteran or something before I see Joe Flacco again. No Jet fan wants to see these guys anymore. Uh, I don't agree with the Mims take. The Mims, Mims wanted out to be a starting receiver, but again, Mims is probably like, <laughs> they're really targeting their number 10 pick. And that's the other thing. Like Mims, Mims can't get on this roster, but Cager's playing on this roster. It, 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 the, the roster choices today didn't make sense. I like, that's the other thing I think boys are like, hey, some of these roster choices they were just weird. Like Bryce Huff what not playing, that was weird. So again, guys, I understand the anger, I understand the frustration. We're gonna be reacting after every game. Again. You know what I consider this? I consider consider this jet therapy. And guys, I'll tell you this. Subscribe to this channel. We're a lot cheaper than Jets therapy. Vent your anger out in the comments. I mean, it's cheaper than therapy. Probably better for your liver than, you know, other than alcohol. So, I mean, I think we're a better option to vent and a better option to just get all this out of the way. So, we were sold to build the goods again. Sal's saying how great Flacco looked. Like, that's the thing I keep saying, Joe. Flacco... Salah needs to do one of two things. He needs to not talk at all or seriously meet with someone in PR because in the last month, if he doesn't say anything and the Jets are bad, I think Jet fans are mad, but I don't think the frustration, the anger is this bad than what how Salah has handled the Becton situation, the miscommunication with the Zach Wilson situation, with, you know, the certain players that made this roster and others that didn't. And then you keep hearing Joe Flacco should be, is a starting quarterback in this league. But our eye test for the last, not just year, but a couple of years has been, well, he isn't. So then the question becomes, I get being optimistic. I get selling your players. I get trying to push your players and try to like hold them up. And I, I get all that. But you can do that to an extent. You can say Joe Flacco is a great leader and has been incredibly helpful for Zach's development. You don't have to go out there and say, he is a starting caliber quarterback. Because if he goes out there and doesn't look like a starting caliber quarterback, it not only looks bad, but hurts your credibility, Robert Sal. And I think you're a great guy, and I think that you have the talent to be a head coach. But being a good head coach isn't just X's and O's. It's about communication. Like in any industry, being a good communicator is what determines if you keep your job and, more importantly, if you advance in your job. And it's one thing to communicate as a defensive coordinator, 
But as a head coach and with media and with a fan base and a frustrated fan base, you have to know the power of your words and how it could be taken. Because Jet fans right now, they won't trust a single word you will say. You could be 100% right. But now you have created doubt within this fan base. If there's an injury announcement, are the fans going to trust, take you for your word anymore? Are they going to believe if, oh, player X, you know, banged up his knee. He's going to be out four weeks. And it's looking like that again with Dwayne Brown, because now I've been seeing reports that it might not just be four weeks. It could be the whole season. So Jeff fans are going to believe you on the injuries. And then if you're trying to sell a player, fans going to believe you anymore? She keeps saying, Joe Flacco is a starting caliber quarterback. Now, you know who look like starting caliber quarterbacks today? Davis Mills in Houston. He looked like a starting caliber quarterback because he moved his offense. They were playing competitive, and they had a shot to win the game in the fourth quarter. The only two quarterbacks today that didn't look like capable starting quarterbacks we're both in the AFC East. One was Mac Jones and one was Joe Flacco. Thing with Mac Jones is Patriots haven't done a lot around him. And oh yeah, by the way, he's limited, has no new new offensive system. And I don't think he's that great. But you know what he is? He's still a young kid learning this game. Joe Flacco has been in this game a long time. He's a veteran. He shouldn't be surprised. But you know what? He looked. He didn't look like he belonged on that football field today. So if you're the Jets, it's got to be Mike White or Strebler. Because this fan base, and I understand coaches shouldn't be dictated by what their fan base wants. But let's be honest. What's best for this team is a spark. They need a kick that this will not be acceptable. If you throw Joe Flacco out there next Sunday against the Browns, you know what you're saying? We're accepting this mediocrity. We're accepting this poor performance. And you cannot do that. And look, I know Baltimore's a great team. They might be a team that could compete for the Super Bowl. I get all of that. Are they a better team than the Jets? Yes. But the Jets had an opportunity today. All they had to be was functional. And they couldn't even do that right. So I just look at this situation. You just look at Salah. And unfortunately for this fan base, I just think it's going to take a lot for Salah to earn back this fan base trust. And it starts with winning football games. And it starts actually not even winning football games. It's about playing competitive football games in the fourth quarter. So if I go to a Jet game at MetLife Stadium... I still want to be cheering and sitting in that stadium in the fourth quarter. I know that's a tall order, but that's what Jet fans want. And if they go with Flacco again, just going to keep hurting his credibility. And I'm telling you this, I don't think coaches should be fired after two years. I think that's too short of a time. But Woody Johnson is back. And Woody Johnson is not patient. And if this continues like this, where not only the Jets are bad, 
but they're embarrassing. It's one thing to be bad, but be competitive, be interesting, and have a sense of direction. But when you're embarrassing today and you don't, you look outclassed and it looks like, oh boy, this is going to be a long season. It's rough. And look, we'll be here all season, Jet fans. We'll talk about every game. I'm just hoping next week is better. We'll give you the updates throughout this week on the injury report. So much to talk about. Again, thank you so much for joining us here for this live stream. We'll be here after every single Jets game this year. Make sure to join us. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our reactions after the game. I promise you, if it's like this, there'll be a lot of animated reactions this year. But again, guys, you guys were awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. I understand the frustration, the anger, the embarrassment. I get all that. I understand where Jet fans are coming from. And I'm telling them, I'm telling them this, Jet fans, you have every right to be upset. And if you're the New York Jets, you have to turn this around. I understand Zach's not there. I understand you're waiting for Zach. But you have to show that this embarrassing style of play will not be tolerated. You have to change the narrative. You have to be the New York Jets, not the same old Jets. Thank you so much for joining us here on Rich Sports Talk. We'll see you next time.